I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. I am stressing to you. You take this outfit home, and you burn it. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. We couldn't do diddly, poo, offensively. One-on-one, -on -one, I'm undefeated, never lost. High fly ball in the right field. She is gone. That's over. It's reached. It's over. Way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry. I thought it was going to score. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go. USA is leading the Miracles. Yes! Welcome back to the... Wide open sportscast, ladies and gentlemen. I am Rick Cool. With, with always, I have Feds with me. What's up, man? Hi, everybody. Yeah, what's going on, man? How's your week been? It's been good, dude. Just getting ready for my uh, big trip this weekend. Uh, recording a little earlier than usual, preparing to head off to the last frontier for a few days. Yeah, man, that sounds exciting. That you and uh, you and your father renting a cabin. Yeah, so I uh, went to Alaska three years ago with my family, and then um, the Bear Observatory there has a cabin that, like, you can rent, basically, and you have to, but, like, it's a raffle, because literally, like, everyone in the world's trying to get it, like, no, oh, really? no sarcasm at all, like, they have people from Russia trying to get into it, like, all over the world. Don't they have enough bears over there? So, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Took, it took me a minute to register that. But, um, so my dad won the raffle. Me, him, two of my cousins are going. We're going to be up in the woods in, for uh, four days in Ann Ann, the National Bear Observatory. Okay. No electricity, no cell phone service, no heat, no light, no running water, outhouse for a bathroom. Literally just going to be roughing it for a few days. That's going to be fun. If you don't hear from me by August 10th, send help. August 10th? Okay, I'll note that. Okay. I'll note that. I'll have to find a replacement. Yeah, yes, please. Just, <laughs> just, just be, be ready in case because I'll have no contact with the outside world till at least Tuesday night. Okay. Upon my return. Oh, man, that's awesome. How I, about for you? So this week's actually, it's been okay. I've been kind of been, uh, I've been fi fighting a little sickness this week, which is unfortunate. Yeah, that's rough. And then uh, I also got some uh, bad news today. I, uh... I'm a commissioner of a fantasy football league, and I got the first unfortunate text of the season. Pretty much that text being, hey man, I am not going to be continuing on with my team. Aww. Which is which is a problem, because, I mean, one, I mean, it, it always sucks. Uh, I do have enough friends where I can search, or people that I know that would be interested in taking over that team. Right. Because it is a, it is a keeper league. But the person that I lost, I mean, he, he's a really good friend of mine, and it just sucks that he decided to let it go. Uh, sorry about that. That was my phone. Uh, let it go this year. Um, he was a person I enjoyed having in the league. Yeah. Uh, we'd, we'd always talking, always try to uh, trade players back and forth with each other. Uh, Any ideas on replacements? Anyone that's reached out to you at all yet? or? I've reached out to people to contact people for me. Okay, but I haven't I haven't done a major search yet. Now, as league commissioner, what's your standpoint on doping, domestic violence, touchdown celebrations, or victory celebrations? And you mean for the commissioners? Yes, they can do whatever the fuck they want for that. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I mean, they're obviously being like the actual players obviously be just suspended, but. 
I have no problem with no grime grips or problems with anyone that has uh, any doping or smoking or whatever, whatnot. I mean, anything, any, someone decides to light up a JJ coming into a draft, that, that's an advantage. Yeah. Well, why, why, d- well it depends. It could be a super JJ for them. I don't know. But uh, anyway, I say we, uh, we, we get rolling with this. Let's get into uh, the big headlines of the week. Man. All right, let's take a look. All right, what, what do we got first, Feds? Uh, first up, we have MLB trade deadline. Obviously, that's been making a lot of headlines. A um, couple big moves. We had Yu Darvish making his way over to the L.A. Dodgers. His debut will be Friday against your personal favorite, the yeah. New York Metropolitans. And then Sonny Gray making his that. move to the Yankees. Yeah, uh, that, that, those two are definitely the biggest. There were a couple others, but I think those two were definitely the, uh, the biggest uh, – I think you Darvish was bigger, in my personal opinion. Okay, why so? Because the L.A. Dodgers, by no stretch of the imagination, are the best team. Now even better. He is a rental, because this is his last year on his contract. All right. Uh, and pretty much they're going all all or nothing on this one. Because it's not, it's not a guarantee that they would, he would uh, sign back with the Dodgers. He could pull like a, a Chapman did last year play for the uh, the Cubs, and then go back to Yankees after being traded by them. Yeah, man, that, that was a steal for the Yanks. So, yeah, exactly. So And I, it worked for them. So Dodgers are kind of doing the same thing, except with a starter, not with a reliever. Uh, that's why I think the U Darvish one is bigger than the uh, Sonny Gray. Would you rebut that? or? I mean, I would say, obviously, as a Red Sox fan, Yankees chase us right after last night. I don't know if you saw that wild game in Fenway. Indians were up five. Oh my nothing. god, that that catch by Austin five five. Holy shit! Then, he went over the uh, the wall. Yeah, went into the bullpen. I was uh, I was listening to sports radio on the way home, and they were debating if that should even be a uh, a catch or not. And, really? Well, because he goes into foul territory with the ball. Right. Uh, no, I I could see that. But yeah, I mean, I I don't want to get into that debate. But still, that was an awesome game. The yeah. uh, Boston Red Sox ended up winning at the end, take a half game lead. But um, obviously that puts the, I think it puts the Yankees in a much better situation. Um, to quote, uh, shout out to everyone who participated in our Twitter poll the other day asking about yes, what do you think was a better move. Um, Steve Hobson saying um, Darvish was six for nine. He does make a very good point here, pulling up some facts. Darvish six for nine with a four plus ERA. And Gray is under two ERA in his last six starts. And not only that, you have to look at the age and the contract situation with Darvish. Just so everyone knows out there, we had put out the poll. Um, we had a 75% in uh, vote in the weekly poll saying that the Sonny Gray deal was bigger than Darvish. And then uh, Jeff Maglachetti, a good friend who does write. He writes for the Yankees, the Giants, uh, the Rangers. And he said that he still believes it's a Dodgers-Astros World Series. But in his opinion, Sonny Gray makes the Yankees the best possible team who could stop that matchup from happening. Sonny Gray? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're uh, you're talking about this guy. We should uh, try to get him in at one point or call it, have him call in or something at one point. Yeah. It'd be fun to talk to him. I've, yeah. I've never met him, but... You knew him from uh, high school, college? A great guy. Works up at ESPN right now. He's had a few appearances on uh, ESPN Radio. He's actually, I'll get into it once we get into that segment of the show, was at the Giants um, training camp because he does work for the Giants. Basically goes to every home game. Um, 
But here's something to consider, too. Um, obviously, the both of them, both of our main commander, Steve and Jeff, saying that this is a huge boost for the Yankees. Um, when you're looking at the playoff odds from the beginning of the season until now, that is a huge jump for the Dodgers. And as that jump happens, the Dodgers are once again in the middle of another big winning streak. They're on a nine-game winning streak again. Well, the, the, the playoff odds jumped tremendously. They're, uh, fr- so the, from Bovada.com, uh, from 7 slash 14, no, 4 slash 17, their odds were 5 to 1. Their current odds now at the beginning of August were 11 to 4. That is a insane jump. That is an insane jump, and that's part of the reason why I think the U Darvish trade was a lot bigger. Because yeah, it just trained the, uh, the odds. First team to 75 wins as yes, well for true. the Dodgers. Um, they'll probably I, win more. I, I, I honestly, I still see... Dodgers Astros, um, I, I that's where I really Astros see it going. Astros stayed the same. They, I mean, they didn't really make any big trades. They stayed the same. In the odds. Uh, but do you think now that's going to hurt the Astros in the long run? That they didn't make the big move. Um, no, uh, I I I don't think so. Their their league is I don't think as competitive as the other league. Yeah. So I, I definitely, when you look at that NL, you have a lot of very, very talented teams in that league right now. And I, I still think Astros may probably have a more solid core hitting wise than the Dodgers. The Dodgers just have extreme pitching. They just right. need, they just need Kershaw to, I mean, yeah, Clayton Kershaw to get healthy again once he's healthy. And hopefully he doesn't shit the bed in the playoffs this year. Like he normally does. Uh, then they should win. Either either them or the Astros. I'm I'm voting Dodgers at this point. Is it a failure if the Dodgers don't win? Yes, because they made this big trade for you, Darvish. They they every year they have been or almost been a playoff team for the past few years. Maybe not one. Okay. But they have consistently been there. They have been at the top of the NL West. So I I think I think it would be a failure so if he- they don't get to. They're getting they're in the playoffs pretty much. Uh, if they don't get to the World Series, so here's my last uh, question for you before we jump into some stuff with the NFL. When you go back to March, Brian Cashman goes at the meetings. The Boston Red Sox are the Golden State Warriors of the MLB. Yeah. After the trade deadline, Dave Dombrowski, the Sox GM, goes. The Yankees are the Warriors of the MLB. Would you say that's safe to say that the Yankees are the Warriors? Because honestly, I mean they they do have a lot of power and they do buy a lot of players. Um, but honestly, if you're talking like super team, how can you not mention the Dodgers right now? Uh, yeah, that's very true. I mean the Dodgers should be in that conversation right now. Uh, you would think last year's Cubs were kind of like the Warriors, just how dominant they were. Right. Um, I can't really re- rebuke that. Uh, it they are in a similar type of feel right now to the Warriors. They may, they're not as good as comparing the two leagues together. They're not as good, but the Warriors and the Yankees, I, I could compare them, yes. No, definitely, yeah. I, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, should be a good finish going down towards the end here, getting into August, last two months of the season. Yeah, AL East is going to be good. Don't get me started. I mean, it's going to be good. I mean, I, I can't, can't deny it. Big, them. big series in the Bronx. Starting next Friday night. Yes. So that'll be fun. Especially for you. Well, you're not going to be able to see it. 
No, I'll be back next Friday night. Oh, next oh next Friday yeah, night. Next yeah, yeah. Friday night. It all begins. Okay, yep. All right, man. Well, that's a, that's a little MLB talk. Let's move into uh, some football. Tomorrow is the Hall of Fame game versus Arizona versus the Cowboys. Uh, who do you got? Cardinals. Uh, yes, I agree. Yeah, definitely would take the Cardinals. I mean, I mean no, neither of those teams are going to start their starters. But I'm just, I'm, I mean, it's a null point pretty much, but I'm just going to take the Cardinals. Yeah, I feel I like them. preseason at this point, it's just like it's a coin toss. Yeah, Because exactly. if the starters play, they'll get maybe what, like maybe two or three drives, something mm-hmm. like that along those lines. Yeah, the if not one. So with the Hall of Fame game, let's take a look at some of those highlights uh, through training camp through the past week. First one. Edelman and Gilmore brawl out in Patriots camp and get thrown out. And Bill Belichick really didn't talk about his rules. He was asked about his rules as far as people being thrown out of practice, and he didn't have much to say about that. Uh, why would you? There, he, I, I would agree with him. Uh, being a, if he was, if I was a coach, I wouldn't talk about that. And honestly, I feel you, like during and it's also Bill camp, Belichick. He, he doesn't, he doesn't talk about it a lot. No, yeah, and also during training camps, it's like fights happen all the time. Yeah. Uh, there's been a few throughout the, se- the season, but I think Edelman was probably one of the bare ones that was involved between two people. But uh, I don't know. I just love Edelman's drive, and I mean he he's a trash talker that can back it up, which which I respect. I completely respect. So there's a player that started a fight this week that you respect. Let's talk about a player that started a fight in practice this week that I know for a fact you probably can't stand. <laughs> As much as with 99% of the known uh, human universe. Um, Vontae's perfect ignites a brawl in Bengals practice. Surprise, surprise. After taking a low shot on starting running back Gio Bernard during a no-contact scrimmage. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Vontae's perfect. If he wasn't such an asshole, he would, he would be similar to like a Ray Lewis. I mean, Ray Lewis had his troubled past, but Vontez Burfitt just can't get away from it. So he's just an asshole. And they're even saying that that's just blatant ignorance. To try to take out your starting running back in is, the first G- week of is training Gio, camp. Is Gio their starting running I, back? I believe year? at the moment he's a starter, yes. Okay, well, I, I know I know. last year they, they had switched between him and I forget the other guy right at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I mean, still, one of, you, one of your top, top performance performers and you try to take him out, that's... Really, really ignorant. I agree, and I just no respect. I, I'm, I mean, obviously, I didn't give it PG there. Not only you as a Steelers fan, I think just any fan in the NFL that's not even I guarantee you, you can find your handful of Bengals fans that are like, yeah, we hate that guy. Uh, maybe. I, I hope. Don't know. I don't know. I Bengals mean, yeah, fans. I mean, there's probably some, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. I, I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> go to uh, yeah, fire get, you up get too anymore. personal on that one. Yeah. Um. So speaking of personal, let's take a look at Eagles training camp. Carson Wentz looked sharp the other day in Philly, seven on seven, going a perfect twenty-five for twenty-five. Yeah, dude. That I mean, Eagles are looking pretty good. But uh, then today, this morning at their practice, they did red zone situations from the ten yard line, zero for twelve, and they just cut it. And they were like, okay, this is pathetic. We're done. 0 for 12 from the 10-yard line. Okay, so they're not a red zone. The red zone is dark and full of terrors. 
Hmm. Okay, that, that's and, that's the first time I was, I heard that one today. And that has been something that's been an Eagles problem even before Chip Kelly got there. That was like Andy Reid era. Even the Eagles specialize, and I'm not saying like it just happens. They are specialists at getting into the red zone, and they can't punch it in. Look at that Mike Vick team with him, Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin. They'll hit you over the top with a 60 yard bomb, but are they going to beat score on the three yard line? Forget about it. No. And that has been a problem that has plagued the Eagles even even before Doug Peterson, Chip Kelly, all of them. I, I know not to get off track, but this is still an Eagles story. Uh, Lane Johnson this week said that if the Eagles were to win it all, win the Super Bowl, he would give everyone a beer. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up again is Bud Light tweeted at Lane Johnson uh, today around 2 o'clock saying, let's make a bet. Win it all, and the party is on us. Deal? Question mark. Ooh. So. I mean, that's a party I will definitely be at. I may not be at that party. I'm, I'm not an Eagles fan, but that's still that's still pretty good. Especially at the, uh, that Boston, or not, not Boston, Bud Light is uh, getting in on the action. So that means that a lot of beer could be passed out if the Eagles can figure out the red zone problem. That is a huge if. Uh, speaking of my favorite team, what's the Le'Veon situation look like in Pittsburgh? Uh, still no show, uh, unfortunately. But he is training. Uh, I follow Le'Veon Bell on Instagram, uh, and he's been showing all his like training stuff. And I mean, he's still training like a beast, which is good. He's just not training with the team. He's down in uh, South Beach, Miami, training. Uh, which I, I mean, I wish he was with the team, but I respect I respect his decision and why he's doing it. At least he's training. And at least you know, like you've seen, he's working hard. He is working hard. Uh, but uh, It's not like T.O. holding out, sitting in his driveway, doing sit-ups. No comment. No comment. Well, at least he was working out. But uh, He's being typical T.O. Speaking of T.O. of that time, let's, uh, let's, let's get a little bit into the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, boy. The Dallas Cowboys are looking at some more fines. This he- will be the second year in a row. Uh, last year, they were fined close to $500,000 for suspensions because of all the uh, arrests and off-the-field antics their players uh, were doing last year. This year, they're in the same boat. And I'm curious if it's going to be more or about the same. Because I don't think there's as many players, but there's still a lot of players that are getting in trouble. But Rick, they're a team of character. They're the life of the party. No, go on, go on. I, I want you. I want you to go take this one. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, obviously, I personal level. You had your personal level with a uh, perfect. I think Cowboys. They have some talent on that team, but they're just a bunch of criminals to me. To me, they are the new Cincinnati Bengals. Just you always hear it about every week. So and so is getting in trouble. So and so in this, and you have Jerry Jones, who literally some days is just backing it up. Like I said, he's about to go into the Hall of Fame tomorrow. Or, no, he's already in the whole thing. So then he's in be, this class. Yeah, so he'll be watching them lose to the Cardinals tomorrow because karma is a B word. Um, but bitch. Yes, thank you. Um, so I don't know what's going on with that. It's it's pocket change to them. When I was down there in Dallas, that uh, stadium cost uh, something along the lines of like it was like four hundred fifty million was from the. Um, jones family the other side of it came from taxpayer dollars for the city of dallas and they went an absurd amount of money afterwards and jerry jones just went put it on my tab 
So half a million dollars is nothing. Yeah. To the I Jones mean, family. Well, I mean, he makes so much money every year, and he probably has other business aspects where he gets a lot of money from. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. And speaking it's of just, uh, speaking of people and players who can't keep their name out of the headlines, uh, what do we think of Colin Kaepernick? So here, here's my thing on Colin Kaepernick. Uh, as a player, does he deserve a position on a team? Yes. But the problem is no team wants that baggage. Uh, he Right now, the Baltimore Ravens are supposed to – are probably the top team to sign him. There are other teams that do need a quarterback. Yeah, correct. Or, or could sign him and release one of their backups. Like, for example, the Raiders. They don't have, like, a legit backup. They He can sign there. I think they have enough money. But no team wants that baggage. I mean, if, if Al Davis was still around and wanted him for the Ravers, I don't I'm think sure that, that would be Yeah, that, that would have happened. But no team wants that baggage. If if a team is okay with losing viewership because of the stupid debate, if kneeling for the national anthem is disrespectful for veterans, which in my opinion it's not, I, I don't see him necessarily getting a job. Now, John Harborough wants him on his team. But the owner doesn't. Correct. I can understand why that owner doesn't, because he has a bottom line to hit. Right, exactly. If you don't hit that bottom line, then what the hell is the point of owning a NFL team? And if you're going to hurt your fans, potentially hurt your fans, then why would you even risk that? Right, and they were even saying along the lines, it's like, why doesn't Colin Kaepernick just come out already and just say, look, it's over? He just needs to make it about football again. Not I, about the protests. See, that's like, but that's not that's not Colin Kaepernick's game, right? I I don't think that's Colin Kaepernick's game. Uh, do I think if he gets if he gets signed by an NFL team this year, if he will he kneel again? I don't know. I I really don't know. He will still do his his charity stuff. He'll still speak up and speak his mind. Even Ray Lewis today was like, "Man, shut shut up. Put play play the game on the field." And, and, let, and, and let that speak your words for you. Right, because that's the only way he's going to get now, a job again. If, if Kaepernick was doing this during his Super Bowl run, I think it, we'd be looking at this in a complete different light. I mean, it would, probably would have affected the Super Bowl. But at that point, like now it's almost like he's kind of irrelevant. He is, uh, his he, game is irrelevant because he's, just, he's fallen to the backup spot. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, and from uh, – I was listening uh, – Yesterday to a radio report saying that uh, the, the, the the Ravens' backups right now are not doing shit. Yeah, then did they sign like an arena football quarterback? Uh yeah, they did, and it's not it's not turning out to be too to be something special. Well, what did you expect? I I mean, no, there's been some good quarterbacks that's come out of the Arena Football League, aka Kurt Warner. True, touche, touche. I stand corrected, but. If it's just not working out, it's not working out. I think they should sign Kaepernick. They said they're looking at Kaepernick, RG3, and maybe someone else. There's no reason to look at someone else as a football aspect. The only aspect that they're going on is the baggage. If they don't want that baggage, they're not going to sign this player. Which, I think eventually they'll come to their senses and will sign this player. I can see it. And Kaepernick will be a backup. Because Flacco is apparently injured right now. 
Yeah, I think he's missing the first four to three to four, five weeks. It's somewhere along. It's somewhere in the three to six range, from what I know. Yeah, he heard himself lifting weights. I they Unlucky. they would they would sign him. They would sign him. There's no there's no reason for a football aspect that they wouldn't sign him. Just the baggage thing. But I don't know if you have anything to say on that. No. All right, man. Let's. I think we should uh, move on to a couple other sports real quick. All right, so real quick, before we jump into that, um, mm-hmm. just a quick injury update. Sterling Shepard today. Um, oh, yeah, Giants. Yeah, source from, once again, my friend Jeff, who was at Giants uh, training camp writing for Giants Insider, um, suffered a basketball-like injury, rolling his ankle in a non-contact drill, as quoted by Coach McAdoo. A and basketball-type injury. Basically, what? like, was running and or jumped and came down. And oh, his ankle. oh, sprained his ankle. Hopefully yeah. nothing worse. They said the cart was a precautionary. Okay. So it's still under evaluation, but it's not as bad as it originally looked. Yeah, I I mean, those are definitely all very scary situations. Um, I... I would. I've sprained my ankle a few times, and I still feel today. Yeah, no. I'm not. I'm not a professional athlete, but I still feel today. So hopefully, they he does the right uh, training and uh, and all to get back, because he he is a really good wide receiver for them. Definitely. So let's jump into uh, UFC. Yeah, man. Uh, so uh, let's this... take this one. I know you were there watching the fight. Yeah, man. So uh, this weekend, I I actually uh, I tweeted Hooters and I. Uh, I got a uh, like back from the Wide Open Sportscast. See, guys, page. we're getting famous. It's yeah. coming. So uh, this weekend, me and a few of my buddies, uh, Joe, Rich, we uh, we went went uh, to Hooters in Princeton and saw the UFC fight this weekend uh, between John Bones Jones and Daniel DC Cormier. In the third round, John's Bones Jones. Kicks Daniel Cormier in the head. That was a pretty left, left kick to the head. Pretty lethal left, and knocked him out shortly after that. Now, first off, my opinions on the fight: definitely one of the best fights of the night. Uh, I heard the one before was awful. It was awful just because the uh, Tyron Woodley is very defensive. He's almost like a, a Mayweather of of the uh, UFC. I mean, he does get offensive every once in a while but even Dana White was like that was a that was just an awful fight and Tyron Woodley wanted an apology preview for August 26th yeah true uh but uh after that fight was a couple of interesting things it it seemed like I saw a lot of headlines from after the fight versus the actual fight itself I mean obviously it's a build-up because they're talking about it's a rivalry do you think it's a rivalry if uh Jones won twice oh yes the, this is this will this was I don't think it'll ever happen again. This was the best rivalry in MMA in years. I think much better than uh, McGregor Diaz. Uh, these guys hated each other. Every single time they went into the room together, like, it was it was just great TV. Like it wasn't just like berating back and forth. They had hateful conversation back and forth, and, even, and like including I guess McGregor and Diaz kind of did this during a press thing once, but they also even fought. Very impressed thing years ago. Last year when John's, John Bones Jones uh, was tested positive for doping, uh, apparently for his erectile dysfunction, uh, Daniel Cormier was very upset about it. One, he has a, There's a, just a famous YouTube video that UFC put out of when like 
Dana White told Daniel that he wasn't fighting Bones. And he was just so visibly upset. It's It just showed the passion that the hate between the two of them, or at least on Daniel's side. Right. But every every press thing that they did, it was it was just great TV. And I mean, it was a pretty much, it was a framed picture of Cormier after the fight as well. What do you mean? Um, the, the picture of him literally just crying hysterically. After oh, let, the... let me let me get into that. Yeah, let, let me get into that. Let me let me do one thing first. Yeah, sure. Uh, Sorry so to jump for... ahead a little bit. <laughs> no, it's okay, man. Uh, so the first thing that was interesting was John Jones was pretty much given the mic and was talking to uh, Joe Rogan, who who is one of the announcers for UFC now. It has been for years. Uh, he 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 was being told or not being told. What's what's the proper word for this? People started this rumor, or not, yeah, rumor, pretty much saying that Brock Lesnar and John Jones should fight. Now, they're in two different weight classes. I mean, Brock Lesnar is just like 50 pounds heavier than John Jones. Right, John Jones is light heavyweight, where yes, Lesnar's Yes, he's, he's light, light heavyweight, where Brock Lesnar's heavyweight. Now, everyone wants this fight, and John Jones, the last thing he said to Brock Lesnar was pretty much Brock Lesnar. If you want to know what I feel, like get get your ass kicked by a forty pounds less man, come meet me in the octagon, and then he dropped the mic in the center of the ring. Peace out. Brock Lesnar later said, "Be careful what you wish for, young man." So I could see this happening. I mean, it would be awesome. I mean, I mean, Les- Lesnar got caught for doping as well. Yeah, and, I was about to say it makes he, a very he, interesting fight between two uh, dopers, and he, and he is a lot older than him. It could happen. It may not happen. I feel like this would be good uh, good for WWE as well again. But I hope that happens. But I don't even think, in my opinion, that's not even the bigger story. The bigger story was Daniel Cormier. Uh, so Joe Rogan has said this in the past, that he doesn't want to interview a person that was knocked out after a fight. Right, like, because it seems like sometimes it happens immediately afterwards. Yeah, and he he decided just in a moment of just shock that he went over to Cormier and started interviewing him. Now, inter- Daniel Cormier was visibly very upset. Like you said, he was crying. Like he was just he was saying that it's gonna hurt his uh, legacy, which unfortunately it will. Excuse me. Excuse me. Unfortunately, will. But I think the bigger thing is Joe Rogan went on, went back on what he said he wasn't going to do. And then he actually tweeted about this later once he realized the video of the fight uh, is, is kind of disturbing. Because um, the man was really down. So this yeah. is what Joe Rogan came out to. My apologies to DC and all, all of you upset by my interviewing him after the fight. In all honesty, I was kind of in shock. And his next tweet was, I don't think I realized what I was doing until I actually had the mic in front of him. I said I don't want to interview KO'd fighters. His next tweet then. I then wound up doing it to someone I care a great deal about. DC is a great man, and the whole thing was surreal. And he went on a little bit more saying that he fucked up and all. He also did right. something on, on Because Instagram. like you said, it's like he went back on what he said. He said, I'm not going to interview previously knocked out fighters, but hey, you're a crying knocked out mess right now. What's up? Come well, talk to me. I think people wanted to see DC because he also didn't go up to the uh, 
the belt reveal, like the the hand up, like right. John Jones won. He didn't he didn't want to go up to uh, the referee on the opposite side. Which John again, Jones. I think what you were talking about has to show the passion that like he couldn't even stand next to Bones it, it when it was. It, from what we understand, he was just like so crying and so distraught that it wasn't necessarily that he was hate at that point. It was just he didn't want to be seen on on TV. And then he was pulled in on TV, and he was upset and crying. So I feel bad for DC. He'll always be a great fighter. Um, he may move up to heavyweight after this uh, because he he is he is 38 now, so he is getting old. I feel like the heavyweight division is also you know the older, more you know seasoned vets division. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There there are definitely a lot more seasoned vets in there. It's from the uh, light heavyweight division. But uh, that's all I really have to say about that. Let's uh, let's let's go on to our next thing. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Sorry about that. Nah, you're good. You're good. Um, I'm dry. My throat's a little dry right now. That's alright. You got a big bottle of water there. Though. Yeah, man. So uh, our next thing. You through. <laughs> yeah, I need to push through this. Uh, our next thing. Uh, we're talking a little bit of NASCAR. So NASCAR has uh, a few rule changes for next year, and actually. Uh, Today came out a few hours ago as a rule change I want to talk about. Uh, just mentioned real quick for this year, uh, for the rest of the season. And I remember you and I talking about some of these rule changes, and I do think that this will be a pretty good change because, you know, you were talking about how we need to start grooming the next generation of drivers. Yeah, I think I was this is definitely a step towards that. Well, yeah, so let's let's get into this first. The uh, So drivers with five years in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, the top division, uh will be limited to seven races in the Xfinity Series and five races in, in the Camping World Truck Series. Now, what those are, those are the two lower divisions of NASCAR. These are the top three divi- the top three touring divisions of NASCAR. Correct. Uh, what has happened in the past couple of years is, well, first what happened was, if you were full-time points for the top series, you can't do points for any of the lower series, which was a good move. But then what started happening is there was an unlimited... Like these racers could race an unlimited amount in the X-20 series and the Camping World series. This is pretty much because this change is because of mostly one driver. That driver is Kyle Busch. Uh, Kyle Busch can go into the x series and the Camping World Truck series and just win it all. Uh, there's no driver that can do it as well as Kyle Busch for some reason. There's better, there's better racers in the Cup series that have gone down to Xfinity and just can't race as good as Kyle Busch. But he he actually is getting close to 100 wins in the Xfinity series. Wow. Which is a lot. He, he's won that much. I even remember the days of like when Kevin Harvick and Carl Edwards were down there. They had the championship in the second division locked up with like 12 races to go sometimes. Yeah, and if he, if he was down there and they still had this, he probably would have won three at least champions. Which is ridiculous. That that shouldn't happen. And I agree for that, and I agree on this decision. And like you said, they're doing this to help groom drivers in the future, which they need to. It's a great move. Yeah, it's it's a good move. It's kind of like the comparison of that would be if LeBron James went down to the G League to play every once in a while on the Cavaliers G League team. Do they have a G League team? D League. Well, no, it's the G League now. Oh, yeah, that is, you're correct. Because the, the uh, Gatorade, Gatorade bought the rights for naming it. I mean, I'm sure they do. 
I know there's only a few, but if not, there's got to be in some way a connection. But no, it's it's totally. But yeah, regardless, crazy. It, would, it would just be like LeBron going down, joining a team in the G League every once in a while, and just being like, "Hey, I'll be here for this game, this game, and this game. Not this one. You're gonna lose this one, but I can guarantee you, you'll win these games." Yes, and another thing that the they're gonna be doing is they won't, they cannot participate in the regular season finale. So the last race before the playoffs. Uh, they won't be able to participate in any of the dash for cash races for Xfinity, which basically that means is there's a certain, like certain drivers that are full-time points. If you're in the top four of those points, you get a bonus if you win that race, which is pretty, it just gives more incentive to those few drivers. Right. Uh, and once again, this is a big, big move for up and coming drivers. Uh, hopefully there's some drivers that you don't see as much. Like for example, uh, I went to a race in New Hampshire a couple weeks ago, and there was kind of a local guy from Connecticut. His name was Ryan Priest. He only got he only has three races this year in the Xfinity Series. He's, he raced two of them: one at one at uh, New Hampshire, and one at Pocono. Was it Pocono? Where was it? Was the week after? He came in second in the race at New Hampshire, and then last week he won. He won the You're race. You're right. It was Pocono last week. So he he was able to get in the top two in his first two Xfinity Series races. Now, if this guy is able to be molded and in the Xfinity Series, he very well could be one of the next Jimmy Johnsons of the sport. That's a great start. <clears throat> you know that that that's really good. I I have to say, I am a fan of Monster coming in and the changes that they've made so far i know at first there's a lot of questions about the stage racing uh so on and so forth but i really do like the changes that they've brought so far yeah it's definitely making racing a lot better this year and uh, one thing for this year they're going to be changing uh so for the past few years there's been these things called green white checkers that is basically if there's a crash in the last few laps and they need to go into caution for a few laps they go into overtime and you have to get past the overtime line for the race to be good. Yes, exactly. So what what these green-white checkers would do is they go into overtime, they, they take as many laps as they need to to clean up the track. So say a race is like supposed to end at 200, they restart the race at lap 203 and do two more laps. This year, they had this overtime line that if they got to it on the first lap, that the race was over. Well, not not over. But if, if another if, accident happened, if another again. accident or something happened, the race would be over. For this next week coming up at Watkins Glen, which is a road course, I and love for the, the road courses. And the remainder of the season, they're moving that line. They're making the overtime line the finish line again, which is the way it should be. I totally agree because I felt like they weren't even halfway around the track sometimes. There'd be, there'd be and it's like, oh, pass times. overtime line. There'd be too many times where there'd be a caution and. The race would just end under caution, which is a big problem with NASCAR. Right. They hadn't even gotten over the, like you said, they hadn't even gotten over the finish line. They weren't even halfway around the track, and it's like, well, they've There's passed the There's certain racers line. that won this year that shouldn't have won because of it, in my personal opinion. Like at Indianapolis, Casey Kane won. He shouldn't have won there because I think Brad Keselowski had a better car, and if they didn't get to that overtime line, he could have passed them by the end of the race. And that's you have so many people racing hard at the end. And those mm-hmm. final two laps, it's almost like you're waiting for the accident to happen because you know so many people are trying to make those last-second moves to move up spots, try to go on and win. The reason why they did this was to save 
uh, cars to save money for the teams. But what it has done is made people not want to watch. So that's why they're making this change. That is boring to watch a race end on a caution like that. Just be like, oh, there's a lap and a half to go, but it's over. You got through the first two turns. You win. Yeah. So I think, I think that's uh, I think that's good for NASCAR. I think let's go into uh, some a little more controversial. You wanted to talk about feds. Yeah. So um, your former governor, now that you're in uh, Pennsylvania, broadcasting from our friendly confines of Rick's apartment in New Hope, Pennsylvania. I, I, I'm am still a New Jersey resident. Uh, I, don't 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 cut me short. I'm still a New Jersey resident. I'm still there every day. All right. So still your governor. Our governor, Chris Christie, has a run-in with a fan at the Brewers-Cubs game in Milwaukee. Why was he Why was he there in the first place? His son works for the Brewers. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because there was something about the Mets a few years back, too, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. so his son works for the Brewers. So basically, I'm sure everyone's been seeing he was at the Mets game. He caught a foul ball, got booed. <laughs> he gets up during the Brewers game to get a huge thing of nachos. I mean, come on, look at the guy. We all saw that picture of him in the baseball uniform. Yeah. Um, camel toe. Jesus. So he's walking back, and everyone's telling him boo, and this guy stands up and goes, hey, you suck. Oh, really? And Christy goes up to him, gets in his face, and goes, where's your other beer, son? And is just glaring the guy down and goes, so, see, you, feel like a big, uh, you feel like a big shot, huh? And gets up and walks away. Just literally, just in there, just glaring in the guy's face. Like, ah, oh, you feel like a big shot. At at this point, if even if Christie were to do something good for the New Jersey, he would, he would just be a big meme. He's just a big joke at this point. He is. Um, I mean, it's it's definitely becoming like that for Donald Trump. But Chris Christie, especially, he's even way past Donald Trump at this point, which is kind of shocking. So I took the liberty to go and look up some of Chris Christie's other famous sports highlights of him really being in the moment, basically a not top 10. Um, we could start with his old quote. You have 10 of them? Uh, more like a four. <laughs> okay. But let's start with this. He's a Mets fan. He goes back a few years ago saying uh, some comments on the Phillies. Quote, unquote, the Phillies suck. Let's just start with that. They're from Philadelphia. They're an awful team. They're an angry, bitter fan base, and it's not safe for civilized people to go to Citizens Bank Park if you want to root for the other team. It's a bunch of South Jersey people who are fans of the Phillies. It's probably not the best thing to say. And to go against that, I saw the Red Sox a few times play in Philly. Maybe the worst thing to happen as a guy was just yelling at me, your ballpark's painted green. Your ballpark's painted green. And then someone dumped like their peanut scraps on my hat, but... That was like the extent of it. Nothing compared to those Eagles games, man. And I'm an Eagles fan. Let me tell you. Um, some mm. of his other instances. Well, Fly- Flyers events are pretty hectic as well. Oh, don't worry. We're about to get into that. Uh, kind of leading up to what we're going to get into next. He wants to have his own spart- sports talk show when he's done being governor in January 2018. I, you know, honestly, I think he would actually be really good at that. But go ahead. But he's off to a bad start after his whole instance where he called Mike from Montclair a communist. After someone called in, he was on uh, Mike on the Mad Dog, uh, he was on 660, and they called in with Christy on there, and they was basically saying the same thing, oh, you saw Christy, and Christy called Mike from Montclair. Mike, Mike and the Mad Dog? He was on Mike and the Mad Dog? Or, or was there... it just the Mike Francisca show? I, I, it, it... Got you. Got him. Yeah. <laughs> 
we need a fact checker, dude. <laughs> um, so he was on yeah, Francesca. At least for you. Yeah. Mike from Montclair calls him a communist. That's not off to a good start. That's funny. Another instance, I uh, don't know the event he was at, but he was at MetLife Stadium and dropped 82 grand in taxpayer dollars in concessions. <laughs> I mean, 82 we, grand. Is that a fact check that we needed to do? I mean, that's a lot of fucking money of taxpayer bond. This was from a state report. Oh, okay. He swept it, he swiped his debit card 59 times. 59 times for 82. It was an average of about okay. a thousand and a half somewhere on there, like a thousand five hundred bucks each purchase. I mean, MetLife Stadium gets pretty expensive, but I can never. 82 grand? It was it just him using his card, or was it like a group of people using it? Was a, just, it using was, a, a... It was his card, like it was just on record of his card. So okay. it went down as in Chris Christie dropping 82 grand because it would be the same thing if you hand me your credit card. You didn't use your credit card. I used well, it, but it no, still goes what, down. What, I'm, what I mean about that, is, and like I, I know uh, my one friend had this. Uh, he had a, an emergency credit card from his father when he was in college. So I think it was like hooked up between uh, his father, uh, his mother, and then his two brothers. So it was like the five of them. They each had their own card, but it had the same number. It was kind of like a family account, you know what I mean? Kind of like an emergency account. Okay. Was it like that? I, I feel like it was more like that. I just can't see. The report I, that I, can't, I saw. I cannot, is, it, is this like in one season, or is this one day? That 82 grand. I'm pretty sure it's one person. The state report said I, I feel, one day. I, yeah, I, I mean, it was probably underneath a card that was underneath his name from the state. But I just, I just figured it's multiple people have this card. Dude, that's a stupid I cannot, amount of money. I cannot money. see... One person, I I mean, sure, I mean, I, I could see one person doing 82 grand. Fake news. But at one day at a football event? Fake news. It could. Uh, and then the other thing that he did, speaking of his son who worked for the Brewers, his um, son played high school baseball, and during one of the games, Chris Christie flew a state helicopter there and landed basically in left field. Delayed the game got out of his helicopter and hopped in a limo to ride the additional 100 feet and it delayed the game like by like 40 minutes. Yeah, the plane, I can't support the, the that. The helicopter had to land and literally landed it like directly like behind left field. Yeah, I can't support that. I, I, I get it. Like you want to be there for your son's game, but yeah, yeah, time ends that a little bit better or just not go. So the article I was reading, which is going to lead into our main uh, questionable call of the week, Special call is brought to you by Feds' is mind. Is Chris Christie among the worst individual? Now, I'm not talking about groups and teams. I'm not talking about, you know, like the popular answer. All the Eagles fans are the worst group of fans. I'm talking about individual fans. Uh, Between the instance of running into baseball games, the um, thing. No, no, because, I mean, he stays loyal to his group. I mean, he, he called out the entire Philadelphia Phillies saying they just suck because he's a Mets fan. He's he's not a bad fan. Uh, he may be bad other things, but he's not a bad fan. So I and I think that's where he may turn wrong if he ever become like a sports host, because he would just want like the Mets to win all the time and only say good or bad things about the Mets. Well, I mean, look at me with the Eagles and the Cowboys and what our first. Three well, I mean, episodes. we we've done we've done two episodes. I mean, yeah, but you've barely made comments. I'm saying like. Compared to him, you barely made comments. Yeah, I mean, I, I've shown my fanhood. You've shown your fanhood a little bit, but we're not we're not just driving on that. I feel like he would just drive on that. So for for a host, he may be bad, but as a fan, he is a good fan because he's loyal. 
Yeah. Now, like a bad fan would be so one one of my one of mine I would say would be Justin Bieber, for just famous people out there because okay. Justin Bieber just wants to be a fan of every favorite sports team or everyone that just wins. It just seems like. I think initially he's like a Toronto Maple Leafs fan because he's from Canada, but. I mean, he he will be a fan of anyone that wins a Stanley Cup, anyone that wins a football game, anything. I have noticed that. Uh, and similar to him would be, I don't know why I'm thinking of just famous people, uh, well, real famous people, would be Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart is the exact same way, so he would be my number two on that list uh, of a really bad fan uh, for the same exact reason. He is, he's a front runner. Number three... I for me it's really any anyone that causes a delay that's not funny. So like anyone that like runs on the field to like streak or something I find that funny. Something that causes a delay or ruins the game like for example someone cat grabbing a ball that was in fair territory but grabs it off the field that's a Steve that, Bartman. that's a bad fan. Well Steve Barman Steve Barman was unfortunate. It was he it was, was very unfortunate. It was in foul territory. And the guy went, uh, the the right left fielder went and tried to grab it, but he it, just grabbed it. That was See, unfortunate. See, I, I don't, I don't. He's not a bad fan. No, he was just in the wrong spot, and they ruined his life for that. They ruined his life. Did you see this week? The Cubs are giving him a ring. Yeah, I did see that. It, like they have his very, they have a very own ring for Steve Bartman. That's sick. Yeah, that that's a great gesture because literally the <coughs> fan base. He he had to change his appearance and everything because of that. Well, yeah, he. I mean, people wanted his head. And won his head for years, until they actually won. So I think that I think, no, Steve Barman's a good fan. It yeah. was in foul territory. He just stuck his hand up. He wasn't the only one. He there wasn't was the only one to stick his hand up. Picture, he just yeah. unfortunately was the one to touch the ball. Yeah. Uh, so he he is not a bad fan in my book. Uh, so what I mean by a bad fan that causes a delay, it's not funny. Uh, for example, was the foul, uh, the foul uh, ball guys that like. The ball rolls over the bat, goes fair, goes over to the wall, someone grabs it. Either them or, like, the ball boy or ball girl grab it by accident. I think that's a bad fan. There was a, the Dodgers game last night. The the ball girl had an insane snag on a, on a line drive that was already foul. Wasn't – was that a Dodgers? I thought that was the uh, Twins. No, it was – um. Or were, were they playing the Twins? Shit. Cause the, I, I remember seeing a clip the, of – The of, Twins were playing. I forget if it was the Dodgers or the Padres. It was some California team because it was a late game. It was the Padres. Yeah. They were playing the Padres. The Padres' bat girl had an insane grab. Yeah. Like, just got up out of her seat. It was like, I got it. It was a line drive, and she had to jump for it, and she yeah. got it. Yeah, I do, I do remember seeing that. So uh, another bad example of someone causing a delay. For example, I've been to a few NASCAR races in my life. Uh, and I've, I've only seen this once at a NASCAR race that I've been to, but it's happened at multiple tracks before. Someone that climbs on the fence and like sits at the top of the fence of a NASCAR race. I have an example. John and Fanny climbed the fence during a Sprint Cup race at the Monster Mile in Delaware a few years ago. Brought out the caution. That was the race I was at. You're at, yeah. I was John, at that John race. John Infanti is the name of the guy. I was at that race. That's so funny that you brought that up. Yes, I was. That, that was the one time that I saw it happen. And you know what's funny? He was sitting two rows in front of me. And you just watched the whole thing well, happen. What ha- what happened was so actually I wasn't there initially. Uh, we went up with uh, it was my father and his two bro- his two boys, kind of like my buddies now as well. Okay. Uh, the two of them were sitting there, 
but the whole whole time during the race, uh, he, this guy was just getting drunk. Like it was like a classic stereotypical NASCAR fan just being a drunk. He was kind of that. Now, not every NASCAR fan is like that. I do I do enjoy my beers while I go to a NASCAR event. I do also enjoy my beers while I go to any other event. He was drunk, and apparently, from what my what my uh, my friends were telling me, it was just like. He just like stood up and goes like, I'm going to go on the fence. I'm going <laughs> to just like waves his arms around. I'm going to go on the fence. And no one believed him. He just went because he went down a few more, few other times to go to the bathroom or something. And he went on the fence. Oh, my He God. actually went on the fence. And like him and his buddies, oh, well, he got kicked out. His one buddy actually came back and was like, he's fine. He, he He's just in jail. <laughs> but uh, Oh, my God. So anyone that causes a delay that's not funny. So the, initially, I mean that 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 little little beginning part, it's not it's funny, but it doesn't last funny. Like so, someone that like runs onto the field that like wastes time for about two minutes, I think that's funny. But if they were to stay on the field for fifteen minutes, I would get annoyed. And totally. 100%. Or someone someone that completely changes that that dynamic. My last, my last worst fan. You know, I only have three. I I, I can't think of I can't think of one off the top of my head. So I'll let you go on. Right, maybe, I can, maybe I can think of one, or know, maybe I can steal one from you. Yeah, I got a five for you. Um, so I went along the lines of finding like fans, not like high profile guys. Obviously, I had on my list. I had um Charles Oakley and the whole in- incident with the Knicks and James Dolan. But here's my five. First off, a guy by the name of John Green, also known as the man who threw the beer at Ron Artest, which began the malice in the palace. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, that's that's a good one. He went after the wrong guy. Yeah. They went back and looked at the security film and found, found John Green throwing the beer. And Ron Artest and Steven Jackson went after the wrong guy. The guy, if you watch the video, Steven Jackson, like, destroys this one guy. Just punches him in the side of the head. Like, like temporarily paralyzed the guy from punching him so hard. Jesus. And um, they had this huge thing on the news that there was a lawsuit going on. Second, I have a guy by the name of Matt Clemens, who in 2010 went to a Phillies game for his 21st birthday. And obviously, as you would on your 21st birthday, got very, very drunk. Him and his friends were being ejected from the game by security for being a little bit too much. He decides to stick his finger down his throat and projectile vomit all over the off-duty police officer and his 16 and 11-year-old daughter sitting right in front of him. What the fuck? As he's being pulled out of the game, just goes fingers in mouth and just literally just bends down and pukes all over so I, his dad and his two daughters. I, I've been drunk a few times in my life. Not once have I ever thought of projectile vomiting being a way of going on the offensive. Yeah, it was a totally offense. It's not like, oh, I'm so drunk. He's like, F you, please. Puked all over the people in front of him. Dude, you dug deep on these. What's your <laughs> next one? Um, James the Fan Man Miller. It was a parachuter. His most famous incident was in 1993 when in the middle of the heavyweight bout between Hollyfield and Bo, he parachuted and went nuts first 
into the side roping and got stuck there and just parachuted out of nowhere and landed uh, and got stuck in the ropes on the side of the ring. I, and obviously he got arrested uh, for yeah, a little bit yeah. of time. That's a, that's a very famous clip. I, I do know that. Um, That was, wasn't his only incident. The AFC Wild Card game in 1994 between the Raiders and Broncos, he decided to parachute around the game and then landed in a local park and was arrested. Um, was let out of prison, and then in that same month goes over to England and parachutes onto the field during a fourth round FA Cup match between Bolton Wanderers and Arsenal. This, Arsenal, so- this sounds side. like the, the the John 316 guy, but just like not not good and then like the guys the john 316 guys like trying to spread something good this guy's just but now trying to show off but now catch this so he lands onto the fa cup match between the worst team in the world arsenal and uh bolton wanderers he gets let out of prison after a week and gets deported he sneaks back into the country parachutes again and parachutes onto the top of buckingham palace and takes off his pants to reveal that he painted his balls green Nice. And then once again was arrested and would received a permanent ban from the entire United Kingdom. Yeah, and that's I mean, you go on Buckingham Palace, you're that's gonna happen to you. Um Robin Courtjester Ficker, who is actually an attorney and congressman in Washington DC, who is known as the first and ultimate heckler in basketball. He was a major fan of the Washington Bullets and sat directly behind opposition bench and just would distract the other team he would go and this guy's a lawyer and a congressman would just go in his free time and just go get drunk and heckle players at basketball games um some of his instances include he once read phil jackson his entire autobiography during a game just sat right behind the chicago bulls bench and read his autobiography <laughs> to him. how okay how is that I mean, how's that bad? That is hilarious. Because, so they said the thing that makes him, like, yeah, he's a bad fan because he was a heckler and he got under people's skin, but the thing about him is he never crossed the line. He never used a racial slur or anything like that. For example, 1993 NBA Finals, the first game in Phoenix, Charles Barkley paid for his seats and his flight directly behind the Chicago Bulls bench. Uh, I, I to can... go and heckle Michael Jordan about his gambling problem. Okay. And he shows up with oversized dice and playing guards and kept yelling, hey, Jordan, how much you want to bet? <laughs> Dude, I completely disagree with you. Appar- guy... Apparently, Isaiah <laughs> Thomas once threw a shoe at him. Are you kidding me? Dude, this guy is great. That's awesome. <laughs> um, That sounds like our, our friend... <laughs> Our friend Dylan, when we went to hockey games, yeah, he'd just be like, "Number forty-three, you can't read." <laughs> yeah, just like something stupid. Like yeah. That. Oh so, man, I completely disagree about this. But you did you say you had a fifth or no? Yeah, I have one more. Okay, so uh, uh, Chris Falcone, better known as the Flyers fan, who jumped into the penalty box to fight Ty Domi. Yeah. What? Do you, okay. Yeah, I do. I do know that clip. What do you? When what do the, you expect what's going to happen? When the glass I mean, collapsed and he reached it. Cause Ty, well, he well was, Ty Domi sprayed water at, at the guy. I, I completely remember this clip. Ty yeah. Domi just sprays water at the guy. You, funny funny thing that Ty Domi did. I mean, I I don't like Ty Domi, but that was, it was just a funny thing. Like I would have laughed if it, if it was a, uh, a Devils fan that did this. And the guy jumped over the glass and starts fighting him. Probably, the guy probably also had a few beers in him. I'm just assuming. Yeah, 100%. And, and he starts trying to fight Ty Domi, the one of the 
biggest, biggest scumbags. One, one of the most infamous goons the NHL has ever had. And he tried fighting him. I, I mean, that's just that's just a a bad life choice. That guy's just bad at life. Yeah, <laughs> that's not just a bad fan. That guy's just bad at life. What do you think is gonna happen? I mean, Ty Domi. I think I think Ty Domi did pretty well. Where he didn't hit him too much. Like he grabbed he grabbed his collar and I think hit him once, maybe just to just I think to he be, got like a shot or two. Yeah, or I, th- like I, I mean that. to protect him. But I, the rest also jumped in really fast. It's such a good clip. I, that's one of my favorite things of all time. The that Ty Domi. Like you you watch those like Sports Center like not ten, top tens or someone on YouTube makes like a top ten list of like idiot thing or strange things that's happened in sporting events. That one constantly comes. TSN up. has a few really good lists of that. Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, and I know, I know, TSN has had that clip a few times because that was, I think, that was two thousands or late nineties. Late nineties, because that was the Domi era. Because was, was that 2000, 2001 when he knocked out Niedermeyer? Uh, that was two thousand. I, I think that was two thousand. Yeah, yeah, with the elbow. Yeah. yeah, I know you're talking about like Scott Stevens was in the penalty box screaming at him. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, but no, I dude, those, those are good lists. Besides that one, uh, the, the heckler guy is funny. That I mean, that's funny. It, it's it's I, I had to put on there for worst fan to, to the fact that Isaiah Thomas threw a shoe at him. Yeah, because he got him so angry. It doesn't matter. Just standing behind Phil Jackson is reading his autobiography as he's trying to coach a game. That that's perfect. That that is perfect. I I wish I would thought of that to heckle a fan or not fan a coach or something someone like that. But uh, here I got a uh, I got a questionable call for this week, man. All right, sweet. Let's hear it. What it's it's a two parter. What is the best trade of all time and the worst trade of all time in sports history? Now I am minusing out because I think you and I collectively agree that the Nets Celtics trade from a few years back, where, where the Nets got Garnett and all those people, was the worst trade of all time because it's still it's still being. It's still being affected by today, right? Where the Celtics are getting all these first-round picks, in which I'm predicting we'll get another first-round pick next year because of it. Even though they're such a great team, uh, who in your aspect? Now, t- take a couple seconds to think about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do mine first, okay? Because uh, I had this written down. So the best trade of my best trade of all time. Uh, there was actually a, a thirty for thirty, pretty much done on it from Elway to Marino. <clears throat> The Colts trade John Elway for a guard and a first-round pick. Now, why is that the best trade of all time? First off, for the Denver Broncos, they get one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Flat Easily. Out. The Colts got Chris Hilton, an offensive guard, and a first-round pick from Denver the next year. If this trade never happened, the whole history of the sport tr- changes. Look at how many great moments L.A. had. Well, yeah, in the NFL. This was the only way John Elway was going to play in the NFL, which everyone wanted him to play in the NFL. Right. If he didn't get traded or something like this didn't happen, we wouldn't have had one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL play in the NFL. We could have possibly seen one of the best outfielders play for the New York Yankees. So, in my opinion, that was to keep John Elway in the NFL, to keep that storyline for the NFL. This was one of the best trades, in my opinion, the best trade that's ever happened. Okay. Now, the worst trade, I think, in my opinion, 
that has ever happened was the Eric Lindros trade to Philadelphia. Now, let me uh, let me find this real quick. While you're looking for that, I have my best trade. Okay, go ahead. Here's my best trade of all time. When the New Jersey Nets trade Stephon Marbury to the Phoenix Suns for Jason Kidd. Nice. And Why is that? For this reason. Stephon Marbury, <clears throat> you know, he was talented, but he had the attitude about him, and he had the potential that he, he could be great. It turned out he wasn't. Where Jason Kidd comes from Phoenix to New Jersey and makes the Nets an instant title contender and they go to back-to-back finals. Granted, they ran into Kobe and Shaq. They run into Duncan, Robinson, and Tony Parker, and they lose both those finals. But they don't make – that. they weren't even a playoff team with Marbury. Jason Kidd instantaneously turned that team and that franchise around overnight. And ever since they traded them away, they haven't been the same since. Yeah, that is true. That just, that was such a great trade because Stephon Marbury <laughs> goes to the Suns. Suns were atrocious. He goes to the Knicks. The Knicks were atrocious. The Nets, it was like a scrimmage when the Nets used to play the Knicks. Like, I remember watching those games, and it wasn't even close. This kid completely transformed that team. So, uh, your worst trade before so, I get to yeah, mine. Yeah, so my worst trade, like I said previously, was the trade where the Philadelphia Flyers acquired Eric Lindros. Uh, from the Quebec Nordiques, or known as now the Colorado Avalanche, the all all the Flyers got was Eric Lindros. Quebec Nordiques got Steve, Steve Duchesne, Peter Forsberg, Ron Hextall, Kerry Huffman, Mike Rickey, fifteen million dollars cash, and the nineteen ninety three first round playoff pick. Oh my Lanta. And also a future consideration pick for for 2000, or not 2000, 1994. Now, the result of this happening was the Quebec Nordiques, which eventually came the Colorado Avalanche, won the Cup in 91 with Peter Forsberg and a couple of those guys. Ron Hexile left by that point. Eric Lindros, all he brought to the Flyers was drama and concussions. He didn't produce to the level that they uh, that they traded for for him, and also it showed in the results of the Flyers from the from the lockout from the early '90s to the lockout in the early 2000s. And you know what else Eric Lindros brought the Flyers, being the victim of arguably the greatest hit in hockey history. <laughs> I know. I know some of our fans are some of our friends are uh, Flyers fans. There, you're uh, you're gonna be uh, causing a little little issue there. But let, let's move on to your uh, your worst pick, <laughs> Scotty. Man, what a better hitter than Scotty Stevens. Um, my worst trade gotta be Babe Ruth from Boston to the Yankees. Um, did, learned a little bit of history when I went up to Boston last summer, saw the Red Sox <laughs> play the Twins, and took Excuse the tour. Babe Ruth was arguably the first ever contract dispute. Because back in the day, baseball players were playing for fun. And then Babe Ruth said, hey, I want to make some more money. Apparently, he was the first ever player to really begin a contract dispute and say, give me more money or I want out. And the Red Sox owner at the time was actually writing a Broadway show and traded Babe Ruth 
to the Yankees for cash, took that cash, used it to create a Broadway play. The play busted. Babe Ruth goes on to become one of the greatest baseball players, if not one of the arguably the greatest baseball player of all time. And the Red Sox enter the dark, dark times of the curse of the Bambino, go 86 years but it, without a ring. Arguably, that also created one of the greatest storylines because of the curse of the Bambino. So, I, I mean, I, that's just my, I'm playing devil's advocate. No, yeah, no. I, I agree. It, it I was like definitely a bad trade. Advocate. It was definitely a bad trade and pro- possibly one of the worst trades of all time for Boston. Uh, one of the greatest trades for the you. You really, really twisted me up when you said I can't do the Celtics Nets trade as <laughs> the worst trade of all time. I would have said the same thing because I think you yeah. and I, uh, you and I, completely agree, and we've talked about that before. But uh, no, I think I liked your picks. I uh, hope you like mine. Let's uh, let's move on to uh, our final segment. Um, so before we move into our last segment of the show, uh, what we want to hit on is we're probably going to be sitting down after this, and we're going to talk it out and make a list of the worst four sports fans that we mentioned during today's questionable calls. And we're going to be creating a poll on it. Just like how Jeff and Je- uh, Jeff and Steve had participated in our poll on the MLB trade deadline. If you want to be involved in the show, vote in the poll, leave some comments, share it out. We'll share it out too. And we'll make sure you get some mentions in the show as we continue to expand our repertoire here at Wide Open Sportscast. So, let's hit it. All right, let's go into the final drive. The final drive is our last points that we want to hit real quickly so that we can kind of catch up on big things that happened this week. So, we'll do a little uh, quick spat back and forth. My first thing is Beyonce has interest in buying a minority stake in the Houston Rockets. She's from the area and I guess is a big fan of the Houston Rockets. Have anything to say about that? I know Jay-Z wasn't a big uh isn't a big uh, person. Rivalry, the... rivalry, rivalry. Well, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't own anything of the Nets anymore. But let's see uh, if she'll take any advice from Jay Z on that. What you got next, man? Uh, Manchester United to wear Tinder on their sleeve of their kits, possibly for twelve million pounds. Uh, adding another sponsorship. There's a new thing now that all these soccer teams are starting to do is that they're going to start to add side sponsorships to their jerseys. If you look on the back of actually Manchester City's uniforms, they have a United Arab Emirates sponsor going across the bottom of their jerseys. Or Most famously, if you look at Barcelona's uniforms, they have UNICEF across the bottom. Yeah. Which uh, is a trend that's starting to pick up in America. The Sixers have StubHub on their uniforms. Yeah, I just think it's funny that Tinder, of, of all things yeah. that could possibly be on a jersey, Tinder, that'd probably be the last thing that and I was And Tinder thinking. has 12 million pounds to pay Manchester United. Dude, they make a lot of money. People want to pay for that Tinder premium. Next, the NFL in discussion with the NFLPA to study effects of marijuana as a pain management tool. Thoughts on that, Feds? Talk about going back. They have the league that suspends people for using marijuana left and white, right, left and right now. They want to study it for a pain management tool. Well, let's see if it even happens first because they're still in discussions. But marijuana is a good thing. It, is help, it helps people in many different ways. Uh, I think it is very ignorant of the NFL. I mean, they're very ignorant of a lot of things. Got that very, right. Very ignorant of the NFL not to approve this plan. What you got next? Steph and Kyrie mocking LeBron's workout video at the wedding. Funny. What do you think of that? It's funny. Uh, even though I, I saw today, Steph was saying that he wasn't doing that. He obviously was. But it is very funny. 
Uh, but he's also not the first person to do it. Probably won't be the last person to do it. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think LeBron should take really offense to it because it became like an internet meme, internet challenge to do this workout video. Very, very correct. There are some people who did it spot on too. It's, yeah, it's very funny to watch. Steph, Steph's is pretty funny, but I don't. I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna turn into anything big. I mean, it's. I mean, LeBron and has gone on Twitter saying it's okay, but I don't know. It could it could just be LeBron trying to stir up shit. Speaking of some of the greatest of all time, uh, what do we got on Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan responds to LeVar Ball saying that he could beat him with one leg. Thoughts? LeVar also said he was better than Rob Gronkowski in football, but then his college teammates came out and said that LeVar Ball's college football statistics are a whopping only, only two kick returns for a total of 28 yards uh lavar borrows a lot of talk but i would say arguably he would probably be able to beat michael jordan with one leg uh well if if michael jordan had one leg yeah he would still if he had LeVar if he had two ball. he would stuff his ass but yeah but i don't think anything i don't that i don't think anything will ever come with this michael jordan can say wherever he wants he is the greatest of all time debatably uh what you got next um, sticking with soccer, be ready for the next podcast. I'll be hitting you guys with my Premier League preview as the season begins in just nine days till the Premier League is back in my arms. Um, the $262 million transfer of Neymar to Paris Saint-Germain from FC Barcelona is all but confirmed. Neymar um, arrived to practice today for Barcelona, informed the club of his intentions to leave, said goodbye to his teammates, uh, Messi, wrote a heartfelt letter and Instagram post to him. It will be the most expensive transfer of all time once complete. He's set to make about $50 million a year playing in Paris for Paris Saint-Germain. He will top the former transfer record of Paul Pogba was $100 million to Manchester United. It more than tops it. 200 and sitting in one year. $262 million. It's 222 euros. To F- FCB? From from FCB to PSG, as he'll be taking a step. Barcelona is one of the best teams in the world. P- PSG is good; they play in a weaker league, um, so he'll be taking a step down. Why, but why man, Neymar, is he gonna make some money? Why does Neymar want to do that? Because of the money, money, and also it's a kind of a thing with Kyrie playing second fiddle. It they call at Barcelona they call it the MSN, the front three, or Messi, Suarez, Neymar. He doesn't want to be that anymore. He wants to be Neymar, and he's also okay, had. I can he, agree with that. And he's also had some run-ins with players on the team. There's an instance he got into a fight with one of the players on the team. I don't think that'll change it because the PSG. I, I I think he's a hothead. Uh, for I mean he's a hothead that can play. Oh yeah, he's easily one of the best players in the world. So I I don't think that'll necessarily change. Uh, but this. That's mind-boggling. That's that much money. Two hundred and sixty-two million. I never thought in my lifetime that I'd ever see some sort of transaction for a sports. Not not saying like a, a for just a player, just one player. Not not saying like a team, like signing yeah. a team or anything. Again, the crazy. Just one player. Again, the crazy soccer is that PSG will be giving Barcelona two hundred and sixty-two million, and that's not that's not including his contract. Again, he'll be making about fifty million dollars a year. They're paying two hundred and sixty-two million dollars just to get Neymar, and then on top of that, pay him fifty million dollars a year. Jesus Christ! 
All right. What's <laughs> your got, last thought? We, we got we to gotta move on one more t- from that. Uh, final thing. Uh, it's very interesting topic that's happened this week. The Philadelphia Phillies won't be honoring Pete Rose on their wall of fame after allegations of statutory rape uh, with Pete Rose having sex with a 15-year-old back in the 70s, 80s era. Oh, boy. Uh, I Obviously, the statute of limitations there, that he can't be charged with anything because it was way too long ago. And just I, seems funny to bring it up now. I've, I mean, it's I've still always, bad. But. I have always been a person believing that Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame for a player, not a coach, for a player. This kind of just puts a sour taste in my mouth. It, I mean, I, I don't know if we, it'll ever be proven true. These are all just allegations still. Right, from a long time ago. And it's just sad that he... I can't look at him at the same way. Yeah, I, I, that, it, that's really bad. Yeah, I, it's... I, I, I liked him. I still kind of liked him, but... I don't know. I just, I can't anymore. Speaking of, I told you, uh, Tom DeLong from Blink-182 busted a pedophile ring. Yeah, you were telling me about that. That's crazy. Posted these these two psychos were just about to abduct a 15-year-old girl who's family friends with mine. Uh, here's what they look like. And they caught him staking out in elementary school and then lead it to busting a whole child abduction and sex I mean, slavery ring. That's a good thing. I mean... Tom Long, he's a little crazy, but he does some good things every once in a while. Apparently, he has another plot to share with the world that the government's hiding aliens from us. I mean, NASA is looking for a Earth defense officer in case aliens invade. If you want to apply, is, the application uh, process was, is open. I was going to say, is Tom DeLong interested? Hey, dude, he's got to be. Oh, my God. But, uh, okay, I, that's it for us, man. Rick has Rick has he, Rick has heard all that he needs to hear for today. Yeah, I need, all I heard from today, my I'm losing my voice. I I am enjoying what I'm doing. I'm glad that we're up to three episodes now. Still good enough to stay on the air. Yeah, man. Stay stay tuned for more. We'll be doing this for a long time, hopefully. Don't forget to hit us up on the wide open uh, sportscast on the Twitter. Comment, interact with us, get featured in the show. That is at wide open underscore sports. Please tweet at us. Please let let me let us know what you want us to say on the show. And don't forget, you can tune in next week for my exclusive Premier League preview and much more from that. Please like us on Twitter. While we post everything on SoundCloud, please like, subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Uh, thank you guys very much. My name is Rick Cool. My name is Feds. And hope you guys have a great week. Hopefully see you guys after my Alaskan return. Peace. Do you believe these guys are our future leaders in America? Thank you so very much for all the appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. That's all, folks.